0: Blog Talk Radio I'm getting down to the sum of this The sum of that The sum of everything Come, come yeah, so, yeah, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Alright, it is day 45 to come get some Today I have UFO experiencer not a hair, her UFO experience, it's just scratching the surface. What you hear today will amaze you. You'll love it. It'll be incredible. And it's only just the beginning. We don't even get to the heart of it today. So look forward to next week's episode, which I'll tell you more about at the end of the show. But today, in this crazy, wild, wacky week we've had, I have a special announcement. I'm going to start the show with uh, this special announcement right now. Here it is. Please stand by be for a special be "Come be Get Some" All right, guys. You guys asked for it. I asked you if you wanted me to do it. I'm going to cover more Scientology, and I wasn't planning on it being tomorrow. But tomorrow, right here on Blog Talk Radio, on "Come Get Some," another super-sized episode with my guest. Christopher Shelton, you may have seen him on his YouTube videos, The Critical Thinker at Large. You might have seen him on the show Scientology, the Aftermath by Leah Remini on A&E last Monday. A lot has happened. A lot has transpired. I'm really looking forward to getting Chris on the air to talk about it. Uh, it's, it's been a crazy week, and I'm looking forward to that, and you should too. In the meantime, before I get that done, I'm talking to Chris today. I'm going to air it tomorrow. Right now, this is about Donna Hare and her UFO experiences. Enjoy the show, guys. Okay. All right. This week on Come Get Some, uh, I've talked before about UFOs and about my experience. The, you know, briefly I talked about the uh, the transparent craft that disappeared right in front of my eyes and things like this have had me interested for years in trying to find the truth. And I've talked about UFOs, but I've never had anybody who's actually uh, somebody in the know, sort of. Uh, but today I'm really excited to have uh, somebody who's actually an experiencer, someone who's part of the Sea-SETI uh, uh, Disclosure Project with Stephen Greer. And she's been in a lot of things you've seen. If you watch specials on UFOs, talking about her experience working for NASA uh, Johnson Space, Channel, uh, Space Center through a third-party group. Um, we shall talk about that. Uh, she inspired, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she can correct me on this. Gary, she inspired Gary McKinnon to go into building eight computers where he said he found pictures of UFOs and a photo marked untouched or something to that effect. Uh, please welcome to the show my guest today, Donna Hare. How are you doing, Donna?
1: Hi, fine. Thanks, Chris. It's good to talk to you today.
0: Good, good. I'm really glad to have you on.
1: Was I accurate in most of what I said there? I would say so. I think what he was looking for, uh, for uh, energy information, how to free energy. Energy that uh, Dr. Greer, that's what, but he had an interest in UFO subject matter, I believe, beforehand. And, uh, but it, it unbelievable, unbeknownst to me, and I want to tell you something that very few people know. During the C SETI uh, whole thing, Dr. Greer had mentioned to me, he said, Donna, he said, I would suggest you don't follow any criticisms or remarks. People will make things up that you said. Debunkers will twist what you say if you deny. If you address a debunker, you cannot... It will just hurt your feelings if you follow all of this. So for years, you know, I do things for UFO hunters. I do shows for different people uh, that would ask me to do it, but I never really followed up. And a lot of these people I've never even seen the finished results of their interviews unless somebody from another country sends it to me. I don't ever see it. And so over the years, I haven't really checked back into what is the progress of the bomb I dropped. You know, I really didn't. I I, I really had no interest in in being told I'm lying about my personal experience. Right. You know, that's just very disheartening. But at the same time, you know, I went on about my business, and it wasn't until 2011 that I even knew about Gary uh, McKinnon. In fact, that that's what's so strange. I a friend of mine had a new pad, you know, a new iPad or something that she bought. And out of the I said, well, let me see it. Let me see how it works. And I just Googled my name, and oh, my God. <laughs> I saw all this stuff pop up, and I went, Gary McKinnon, who is this? So it wasn't until... After 2011, I even knew what what heartache this man was going through. I had no clue. None of my friends told me. I'm thinking, why were they keeping it from me? You know, I don't know, but uh, I don't even think they knew. I I just... Uh, anyway, I, I realized <laughs> this gentleman had heard about the Building 8 and how he was doing research to find his energy. And I I really... At the time, I was—he uh, was going through some turmoil, and then with our government, and then I think England didn't release him back. On that, well, more recently, um, I'd say last year, it was so strange because I have a Google page, and um, Mr. McKinnon googled me and wanted to hang with me, and I would have been the first time I had met him. And he even, he, uh, we were trying to hang, and this is the weird thing. Uh, he I let him have access to my computer so he could connect. And we were, I started giggling because I realized we were having trouble hanging, and I said to him, I said, uh, Gary, you're one of the greatest hackers in the world, and we can't even connect to hang. What's going on? <laughs> and, he, and I was just cracking up laughing, you know. And, but it came in clear, and by the way, it's the clearest hang I've ever seen in my life good I think we were having some help hanging but he is a awesome guy and i I have to tell you he he has got such a subtle sense of humor we talked for a good hour maybe and um what one of the things he first question he asked me was have we ever talked before and I said no this is the first time I've I I, said, and I explained to him I didn't know what was going on with him all those years. right? From what I gathered, it went on for a long time. And I said, I want to apologize. I said, I had no idea you were going through all that. Well, he starts telling me, he says, well, you know, when I was doing this, I was just looking for information. He said, I went into the Pentagon. I went into NASA. He said, a lot of times they didn't even have passwords on anything. And he said, I was strictly looking for information, technology that the world already owns and should have. Yeah. You know. Isn't that part of uh, well, Stephen Greer's mission too, actually, originally? Who? Uh, St- Steve Greer? Oh, Stephen Greer, that's his main thing. Yeah. He's saying, he's trying right now, he's doing a lot with that. He's going to release it to the public when he gets it. Okay. He's had some... So, but, anyway, you ought to interview him because he can tell you more detail about what i uh, I'm you know, probably going to try that, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, so anyway, I'm talking to mr mckinnon and and I asked him his age and 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 things because he didn't look the same, and then we started talking, and he said while he was in there, uh he's in china japan uh russia, everybody was already hacking everybody. They were already hacking the Pentagon. They were always hacking. They were hack- hacking everybody. How disturbing so is so that? Wow. That is very disturbing. But see, the thing of it is that he did not release a virus or do any damage. He was looking for information. Now, for me personally, if he had gone in there and destroyed anything, there's no way I would have wanted to even communicate with this. Right. Because to me, that's wrong. You don't do that. Now, trying to get information that the world should already have, uh, who's doing worse? our government keeping it secret, or him trying to find it out? You know, or whoever's in charge of keeping it secret, let's put it that way. So anyway, he's talking, and he said that he says said, he, I said well, he said, by the way, I'm not the world's greatest hacker. He says they just didn't have passwords on their computer.." <laughs> I just I'm cracking. I know this to
0: be <laughs> I know this to be legitimate because I I've actually worked in in large corporations where you if you don't set a password on your admin uh on your admin uh, account all you have
1: to do is type administrator leave it blank and it will go through. Oh well he he was doing that and he well anyway he he went on to say things like we we talked about growing up and we had some similarities. Uh, I didn't know how. You see, he got kicked out of school in first grade, and so did I. We both got kicked out of school. In oh my grade. gosh, what did my you do? <laughs> what did I do? I know my son said the same thing. He said, "My gosh!" And not only did I get kicked out in first grade, I got kicked out in kindergarten too. But I got kicked out in first grade because um, it's kind of a weird story. I uh, I had learned from my parents when they asked me a question. They don't know the answer, and they want me to give them the answer. So my first grade teacher, uh, we were doing a little math thing with some little twigs and little little bundles, and she said, Donna, there's ten sticks in a bundle. How many sticks are in the bundle? <laughs> okay. And I said, okay, so I start counting them. Because she's asking me, so she doesn't know, even though she's saying ten. Right. So I start counting, no, no, Donna, there are ten sticks in the bundle. How many sticks are in the bundle? So I start counting them again, you know. And I'm doing this three four times. About the fourth time, everybody in the classroom is cracking up laughing. She's getting very pissed at me. And she's looking at me. And I'm looking at her. And I'm waiting. <laughs> why, why won't you let me count these things? You know, I'm trying to tell you how many sticks are in the bundle. You keep asking me. You know, but I didn't say all that. I'm just a little kid, you know. So... She gets mad at me because everybody's laughing, and they go outside to play, and she puts me in the corner, well, she opens the door to the, we have these little wooden shacks out in the back, Mm -hmm. and she opened the door, and she made me stand in the corner of the door while they all went outside to play, and I swear to you, at that point in time, I had no clue what I'd done wrong, None. none whatsoever, and I tear-filled eyes I remember it watering up and blurring I thought to myself I'm going home I don't want I don't like school I'm not coming back (laughs) so I walk home I leave the class I go home and I live pretty far away and I'm walking down the street and my mom drives up behind me and says where are you going I said I'm going home (laughs) well anyway I got kicked out for that so wow for that and I'm for that I left the school without permission I mean, I was like, what, seven years old? I was a little kid. That teacher must have gotten in a lot of trouble
0: because I left school. Do you know what happened there? Because I know what happened there. What? You, you, they could learn from you. Basically, which you, which you demonstrated, and which you demonstrated, basically your whole life it seems, is not accepting which everything you're told. Well, <laughs> yeah. See? <laughs>
1: that is so true.
0: <laughs> oh, I was ten so let, me, let me let me double check that for you. You tell me it's ten, but I don't know it's ten. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. But
1: <laughs> that is so true. I mean I, I I really you're right, I hadn't thought about that. That's true. Very true. Well at that state, well, I found out from Gary that he had walked out of school in first grade because some people were making fun of his accent. And I'm going <laughs> accent. I guess in in England they have different accents within the English country. Oh, I never thought about that. Yes. Yeah. You know, like we have a southern accent. Right. Speak English. And there's northern accents and Californian and East Coastians. and if you think about it, I go to different places and I have a hard time understand in English sometimes right? because of the accent so uh, anyway he, so he had a different thing that he got out but we kind of had a comparison of our lives being going around like have, if you have a problem and I'm a teach. I'm an ex-teacher so I realized that you can teach books and the learning in books but you can't teach creativity And usually if a person has had a lot of problems and had a hard life or a Ph.D. in the School of Hard Knocks, they're more creative. And if they get a book-learned education, nothing can stop them with figuring out problems because it's usually the thinking about a problem and how to get around it that helps them, you know, achieve a success. And if you've never had a problem and you've never encountered anything, when you're told, no, it won't work, or it's not true, or it's impossible, you'll just stop at that. You won't go on with it. Right. Be, okay, I'll yep. go another way. When in actuality, there's always a way around everything, every problem. So we're trying to teach my daughter.
0: <laughs> I, I want to do this because I want my listeners to know, coming into this, and you, 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 it's, it's so fun just talking to you just casually, but... um. Thank you. I want the listeners to know that I talked to you for about 15 minutes before we went on the air. It was just sort of impromptu. It wasn't planned. Uh, We were like, hey, let's talk for 15 Mm -hmm. minutes, but we got into a discussion. Interestingly enough, uh, we we have conflicting views, but we talked about politics, and that discussion kind of showed me who you are in a way that you are a rational, reasonable human being. I think it's important to establish that going into your story. Um, and, and I'll say this. You sent me your resume, which was interesting to see because you have a lot of stuff. You're, you're a smart lady. You're, you're, not, you're, you're no dummy. You, you have experience, and you, you didn't work for Johnson Space Center because you didn't know anything. And, you, know, you weren't doing like dummy work. You're doing some important stuff there, and you have a bachelor's in behavioral science. Yeah. Now, you going around to all these conventions, meeting all these different UFO folks, and I imagine there's a lot of different kinds – you're, you're you're you've got to be qualified to read that, and I think that's great. And I think you're going to be a good witness to have and talk to here.
1: Well, thank you, thank you. I, uh, you know, I try to see all sides of a problem, not just one side. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, 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 I come across as not being making a decision, but I try to hold back and and I understand all facets of the pros and cons of of the election and the different people running. I look at it and I try. I don't believe I have a bias. I really try to not have a biased opinion going in. And as we talked about earlier, I believe the news media is the one that lost it for Clinton because they were hmm. so biased. And if they wouldn't have been biased and it would have reported everything like it should have been reported, you know, like a journalist would report it instead right. of an attorney would report it, <laughs> then the public, I believe, would have made the right decisions, the correct decisions that they needed to make. And
0: You make a popular argument. Right. You make a popular argument. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you make a popular argument that a lot of people who voted Trump didn't want Trump, but they didn't want Hillary, and they really wanted Bernie Sanders, and there was an issue with getting Bernie Sanders in there. Uh, but but I really and I don't mean I don't mean to, to sway you to swerve you away from that. Uh, I I I want to get to the UFO stuff. <laughs> you
1: know? Oh I'm sorry I thought you brought up politics.
0: I didn't bring it. I I did bring up politics, but I didn't bring it up to talk about it. I just want people to know how rational you are, and you you demonstrate that even there. I'm the idiot that's that's cutting you off. <laughs> but I gotta get to this don't, part here. Don't, don't.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, but thank you so. for your, your input because you're right. There was problems on both sides, and there was a lot of, a lot of media influence that didn't need to be the way it was. Oh, yeah. I absolutely
1: agreed and, and you you it's demonstrated been... intelligence with that for sure <laughs> well, it, it, well, let me explain too. for years i've been putting up with the media, making fun of people that have witnessed UFOs yes in in, in Mexico. The media, they've had slaps down there, and you don't hear any of that here in the Americas, you know, the United States. You, I have watched the media clean itself and push topics and make fun of topics, yeah. legitimate topics we need to know about. Me, too. That's why I've been down on the news for a long time. Believe me, I've been, you know, we need to bring back journalism, not. Editorialism. Well, the only way
0: back. the only way to find news, it seems, on anything UFO related, paranormal in general, is through third-party news sites and, and and tabloid sites. And the thing is, when it's like that, how do you sift through what's fake and what's real? And that makes it very
1: difficult. And I think that's by design. Right. Well, that's true because there's a lot of fake news stories. I think that probably uh, what you have to do is is watch. What I do is I try to remember everything that I'm, I'm watching. For instance, if I see uh, some countries building something over here, you know, it's a it's, it's useless piece of information to me until you see the bigger plan of, bam, this is going on over here, and you start putting all this news, actual news, of events happening all over the world, And then you start seeing a common denominator and brings it all together. Then you start seeing the bigger picture of what the news really is and in the factual. If you can glean through the fact, usually the fact is it happened in a certain location. Yeah, you can kind of guess it's true. But it depends on who survived, what names are used. There's a lot of cleaning still goes on. In, yeah, in, in our news. so anyway is most of it you think stuff. trying to just just protect reputation
0: like we can't be associated with the silly UFO stuff so we're not going to talk about it
1: well I think a big part of that is uh, what I've been asking around is that they don't want to panic the public and I think a lot of it has to do with the ego we cannot control these things coming into our airspace and our our people aren't going to let everybody know they can't Right, and they come in and out. at will. So, no country wants to admit that they can't control it, and I think that's a big part of what's going on with our country. But at the same time, there are a lot of people that would be very frightened. The Or Orwell thing, you know, they're they're still going with that thing. That you yeah. know, people committed suicide thinking we were being attacked. But I I think that the public now is being prepped. Hopefully. Uh, I'm I'm seeing more UFO stories that are not, where they're villains and coming in to destroy us. You know, occasionally ETs, you know, are nice or whatever. But there there is a lot of of changes going on with paradigm change. People have to, uh, like I say, I agree. There's a lot of different reasons, Chris. It's not just one reason why it's kept secret here. There's a lot of them.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk more about that. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and get yeah. into your experience. Uh, I want to start with the fact that I believe I heard you never had an interest in UFOs or never really gave it any thought. Is that right? Before you right. Saw, saw what you saw? That's
1: true. That, well, let me, let me think back. When I was growing up little, uh, I, I remember it's the weirdest thing because I have a recall of even wearing diapers. I remember my grandfather teaching me to wash my hands. I remember being afraid to potty train because I was terrified of the toilet. You pull the chain and the thing <laughs> sounded like it was eating you. I mean, I remember these things growing up, you know, and and I, I just... It's like I photograph everything mentally. I see it. I remember it. It's strange. I have no clue why that happened. But I do have... Growing up, I was very close to my uncle, who's a very, um, I don't want to say religious, but very spiritual person, methodical. And so I was really growing up with lessons in morality, with what parents do or what grandparents should do. And I came from a very traditional uh, German-type family where they're very strict, but they're also very proper, you know, you do this, you have these manners. It's it's very structured in, in the sense that the woman stayed at home, the woman was the love the caretaker of everyone and the father goes out and, and earns a living. But there was the men in my family were all this very respectful. They would take their hats off when they entered the doorway of any home where the women were at and I asked my granddad, why do you do that, granddad? And he said, it's to show respect for the women inside. So I I grew up Hmm. as a child seeing the respectfulness of men toward women. And I started seeing women as seen as as a doll, as a treasure. You know, I didn't see. So this whole woman's movement of, you know, not to say I wasn't discriminated against because I was female. But I was treated differently job-wise in every other way because I was a woman. But right. I will say this. I didn't have an attitude that I was less. I had an attitude of being a woman is more than... So, you know, it, it all stems back to growing up, your philosophies in life, seeing things that uh, I, I were real, in real time, that I really understood and accepted as true. Now you said, did I ever have? When I started becoming interested in UFOs, was I uh, was at a, uh, I did modeling when I worked at NASA too. I I had also done volunteer work, and one of the women that owned a modeling agency wanted me to do modeling for a car show one year. And what you do is you stand there and you enter, <laughs> you uh, draw attention to the new Dodson trucks and cars make a long story short, I did have encounter with two men that I know today were probably not from around here. It still it wasn't until nine years later that I even read another book a book that told me I did have a close encounter face to face with these guys. But it was after a phone call I got or I gave them that uh I had put the phone up to my ear and it was stat- it wasn't static, it was just Plane, but I had an encounter with these guys, and I will say this: that before that, I was learning spiritual truths from my uncle, and I was having what you would call paranormal. I, I would have a dream that would come true, or I'd, I'd sense things. I became very, with the spiritual development that I was having, I was becoming more intuitive, more, but not to the degree I did after that phone call. Right. I got the phone calls from the, well, I called them and they told me to listen and it was dead silence. I became very, immediately my intuitiveness was so heightened that it was like kind of scaring me because like I'd, whatever I'd say would happen and I was totally afraid to say drop dead to somebody. Wow. I was afraid to drop dead, It, it became so scary. But I became very interested in parapsychology. And so I also had one side line. I was a normal to average reader before this. Then I became a speed reader. Mm -hmm. I started reading every book in every library on parapsychology. So it wasn't until sometime later when I I read the Mothman Prophecies that I even figured out that those guys I met at the auto show were not from around here for sure. And uh, it was reading that book, and the book talked about the men in black. It talked about their extra long fingers. One was hiding, one of the guys was hiding his hands. And there was certain things, oh, the one key thing was, after an encounter with these people, the person would get a strange call from them. Well, I call them, but in this, after you get the call from them, you become extremely intuitive. I kind of wore off I'm not as scary as I used to be, <laughs> but it's it's crazy, worn off, but it's still very subtle I mean I don't even know what I'm doing it. it's it's really weird it's it's so subtle you can't you're not even sure you're do you know you don't even realize you've done it until you turn around and you see the person's face their their lips aren't moving and you hear them talking I mean Whoa. That's how subtle it is yeah, it gets pretty wild I mean not that I'm doing that all the time don't get me wrong i I'm not. I think that would drive me nuts to, to feel like I was doing that continually. But what what happens is when it's it's something that I've learned that everybody has. See, You, me, all of us have it. And okay. how do we use it? Right. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. See, when you think how do you use it, what you're doing is putting the block up. You're saying you don't. You're not using it because how to use it. You are using it. You, if the minute you say, "How do you use it?", you're putting a block up. In other words, how many times have you gone in a room, and you and you know you don't like somebody, but you don't know why you don't like them? Maybe you're picking up something because they're secretly over there hating your guts. You hmm. know that <laughs> these gut feelings you have yeah. is is really that, and it's it's uh, it's one thing that I've learned over the years that uh, when you're When you need to know it, if you ask to to know things ahead of time, I've been protected. I've been warned about things ahead of time. This is what I call part of all of this. It's a natural evolutionary process that we're going through. I believe all of us are.
0: You truly trust your gut. I really
1: do. I truly believe it. I truly believe it
0: these two guys you 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 experienced um is that one of those things like cause I've had experiences like this with with things I've seen where you know me and a bunch of people would see it and think it was mm-hmm. nothing, even though there was something odd about it to us and it wasn't until someone brings it up later you go, yeah, that was strange, kinda yeah. kind of something like that,
1: yeah, well with these guys yeah it, it the 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 thing of it was they the, the guy the first one do you want me to tell you about it because I don't know you have to go somewhere <laughs>
0: so I don't want you to oh you can give me the you, to you can give it. me the it's kind of a
1: long oh yeah you know what? a
0: cliff notes version
1: do <laughs> a cliff note okay cliff notes two guys came were talking to me and wanting me to go off with them which I wouldn't do uh, strange they were yeah totally not aware of social behavior as far as one, the smaller one, was standing in my my, personal space, like, almost touching me. And uh, I, there was a lot of questions. They they wanted me to go with them, and I said, uh, no, I don't choose to leave. <laughs> it just, it sounds ridiculous, because it was so ridiculous. If they were from around here, they would know that a woman wouldn't go off with two strange men. I mean, no way. Right. Do that. So... Anyway, I uh, these guys were talking to me about uh, I when I started realizing they may not be from around here, I started asking them questions like, Well, what do these beings look like? I said some are humanoid and some have hair all over the body with a slit or a mouth. And they were just going on, and, and I said, Well, how do they travel here? And uh, the shorter one, he was always really anxious to tell me everything, and he was telling me, Well, they put this get this white uh, that's syringe with this white powdery substance in it well i would had a flashback of in the 50's because I do remember all these bits and pieces of information of horses found dead with a white powder hmm. injected into the rectum and they were like taken out of their they were dead you know well anyway hmm. so immediately the guy the big the guy in the, the black seat hits him under the arm with his acid shape case and he said. Don't tell her that. And huh. I had already started, you know, realizing, because I was putting things together immediately, and I think they were very intuitive of what I was even thinking about. I'm
0: pretty sure of
1: it. So I, uh, anyway as it, it went, we had some more long conversations, and then they said they were going to leave, and they left. But then the taller guy in the black suit came back and he said, looked at me, he said, remember this you create with what you say that's so what he said to me well I'd already right. studied metaphysics and we're creating our realities through our thinking and you know all of this stuff that I'd learned from my uncle and so I was aware of my thinking always anyway but I was very assured that he was giving me this information well it was in why I didn't connect the dreams I was having and things I was saying would come true. I need $20. I'd get a check in the mail, like, uh, right away from a bank. I would closed an account out years before. I mean, they don't even send you money without you selling out form. Right. I mean, you know, it's like it was getting so ridiculous, everything. Up, but I still wasn't referring it back to him telling me that. Right, you weren't connecting but to what it. I was, no, not and that's the weird thing how I became very interested in parapsychology and like I say, the Monroe, the, the, the books, the the all of the stuff that I, I became so uh involved in. I I'm sure I have a PhD in parapsychology. You could I, I could tell you anything about parapsychology, I believe. <laughs> just about. And uh so I and, and then my closest thing I could get was a psychology degree and I'm finding out I needed to know what's normal. I needed to know what's abnormal, so that I can figure out what's paranormal. I right. So I really <laughs> needed that that uh, grounding there, you know, to to know when when something's doing something that's abnormal. You know, I have to know and discern if I'm hearing voices. Why, schizophrenic? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I appreciate and that. That's just, you know, and or am I? Uh, you know, I have to investigate these things. I don't. If, 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 the, if the message tells me it's a knowing in your mind, a thought, let's say, not to do something, and then immediately you don't do it, and then you see this car come out of the fog and <laughs> almost kill you because it's running a light, a, a red light. You know, it, you you tend to believe the the thought that comes to you, even though it's not in your voice, in mm-hmm. your head. If it's warning you enough to take care of you, I mean, come on, I'm not gonna. But now I don't hear things like those people, you know. I hope not. <laughs> no, 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 no. The voices told me to. <laughs> no, right? No, no, I don't, I don't do that. I don't. Do... But see, again, I think a lot of people are misdiagnosed with um, They have hypersensitivity. And they really are. If they're not picking up radio waves, maybe they're picking up something else. But you know, some people, I believe, well, they definitely need medication. Their chemical imbalances, there's all of that. You definitely need that. And I think there are some people that maybe are not able to handle what's happening to them. Evolutionary. Could well, be. It's it's a, a evolution that's happening not just to me but a lot of people that um, and it's re- it's really funny because you know somebody will say hey I just thought about that person and they called me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not surprising to me I understand that <laughs> did you know I was coming Bella uh, did I know you were calling yeah when did you know were you calling no <laughs> no I did not know I did not know that no I did not know that i I really didn't um, I what I do is every day I check my computer and I try to do as much I'm right now trying to write down everything that I've learned from uh, my experiences. and you know I'm trying to look at them from a standpoint of all sides. Just um, you know when two people are fighting, I can usually see both sides of the argument. It's up going. Oh my God! <laughs> right, right.
0: And, and I understand. You, know,
1: you really can. You know. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And I understand. You get that. Uh, you get that. Most people, even believers, even people who are looking for for truth and and for disclosure, will will probably approach your stories like what you just told me about these two men from a skeptical standpoint, oh, trying yes. to find out how it oh, how it could be real, how it could be misunderstood. But but it's pretty straightforward what you're telling me. Uh, so, so you forgot about all this. This didn't really resonate with you. And you went to work for Johnson Space Center. Is that right? Right. Yes. Yes.
1: Well, I was, I believe, in my first year, I was a file clerk my first year. So I was a file clerk during this
0: time. You were already there. That's
1: right. You did say that. Right. Yeah. So it's, Um. I was, you know... don't know. These things, now I'm only telling you the real far out stuff. (laughs) There's been so much subtle stuff. Mm -hmm. It it becomes, you have a subtlety. It becomes, uh, I think what's happening is we all have it. We just all are blocking it. And we're all brainwashed into thinking it's, it's not real. A lot of people that have really bad thoughts don't want it to be real. You know, they are scared for that. But, um, you know, I don't know, just... uh, It is pretty phenomenal. It is pretty crazy, and I admit that. At the same (laughs) time, you know, think about it. Everybody says, hey, you know, you've gotta have extraordinary proof if you are making extraordinary claims. Well, to me, think about this all the trillions and uncountable galaxies in our universe with the stars that you see the possibility of life Uh, the possibility that civilization has lived longer than our civilization and has achieved technology to get here why is it so unbelievable that we have somebody coming here from another world it, to me, it's the same as saying, oh, they just got here from Mexico. They just got here from Canada. Oh, they're over here from Europe. That's exactly... It's
0: not that phenomenal. I can tell you this. It's not. I can tell you this. No matter what you tell me, and, and I know because I've listened to some other interviews you've done, I know we're not done hearing some amazing things from you. <laughs> no matter what you oh, tell goodness. us, no matter what you tell me, as much as it might be hard for me to believe, as much as I might approach it from a skeptical standpoint... Of just trying right. to to see you through it or see exactly everything, all sides of it, as you say. Right. right. I'm more inclined to believe that there's a better chance you're telling the truth, especially based on your character, than I wouldn't have been because of what I've seen. How can I see what I've seen, right. which nobody's gonna believe, which I don't believe, if someone tells me my own story back to me? <laughs> you know, how am I gonna doubt you? How, how can I say for sure that you're not telling the truth? You know, that well, you're not experiencing well, these
1: things. This is what's so. This is, see, people like you and I, it's good to question it and wonder about it. That's what the whole point is that I'm making with the news media. They're mm-hmm. telling you as an editorial, it's fact. When in, in actuality, a lot of the facts are not facts. This is this is the thing. Or they're half facts. Yeah, it's good not to to believe and do your own research and do your own experience too find out if it's real. Absolutely. And all, and that's, see, like you, you've seen something, you know it, you've seen something, and nobody can convince you otherwise. You haven't. And I I don't care if anybody makes fun of you. You know what? You saw it, and after a while you get sort of a smug attitude like, oh, they're not aware yet. Okay. Oh, back off. They don't want to know. Some people are scared. I understand. I'm I'm looking at it from your perspective it's scarier than crap Uh, (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) so and I have kindness for anyone and if anybody doesn't believe me that is okay with me because you know I understand all the needs if you don't need to know it if you want to know it I'm only hoping that everyone goes out there and has their own experiences yeah because after a while you know like you you know something's going on. And yeah, nobody
0: believes me, but they, they think maybe I believe that I saw what I saw. <laughs> but they don't believe that I saw
1: what I saw. But see, I do believe you saw something. I, I have no need, need to think that you didn't. You know, now, uh, again, I, I have been tested before I even went to college to see what jobs I would be proficient at. The psychological profiles. They told me I was so sane, it was crazy. (laughs) What? Dangerous. Sane is crazy? I'm going, that doesn't even make sense, you know. But, uh, no, so I know that what's crazy and what's not. But at the same time, uh, if it's probable, I'm going to listen to you. And then I'm going to investigate it on my own. And probably I'll have my own experience if you really want to know something, you can ask for an experience. And you'll get an answer, I promise. Everybody will. And that's what the only help that I have that, that if somebody really thinks that everybody in the UFO scene or you make it, that people make it out you believe in UFOs like it's some kind of religion. I believe in airplanes too. It's not a religion. It's a reality. Right. It's just that we see them every day. They're definitely there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so very sweet lady, very soft-spoken and very sincere, Donna Hare. Uh, You better believe there'll be more coming up next Thursday. She'll talk about her experiences in Building 8 of the Johnson Space Center, what she saw and what she was told, as well as some things she witnessed and her experience there. And and a nice surprise, she'll discuss Apollo 13's reentry into the atmosphere. She was around for that. So look forward to a, a new exciting episode next week on this, and of course look forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow, critical thinker large Chris Shelton will be on here, and, and you definitely won't want to miss that. That ought to be uh, really solid stuff there. And uh, for the meantime, until tomorrow, that about sums it up. Have a great day. I'm getting down to the sum of this, the sum of that the sum of everything. Come, come, yeah.